We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is a Locker Room production. Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast. This is not an episode. This is actually a locker room session right now, and I'm here with my boy Malcolm on the Locker Room app, and we got eight other people with us right now. So to all the eight other people in here, welcome to the show. I mean, you guys are getting live footage right now, so they're going to be on the show if you know they want to be, and then... They're going to be talking with us in the chat. So if you guys are not here with us live, all you got to do is to go is all you have to do is go in the locker room app, down the locker room app and join us. We usually do them every Friday. We are on a Saturday right now, but we would post them on Twitter and IG when we do go live. So you guys could actually be on the show on this locker room if you guys choose to. But like I said, I'm here with my boy, Malcolm. Malcolm, how you doing, my man? Yep. What's going on, man? Not much. We recorded an episode not too long ago and... I mean, a lot of news has happened since that episode. Obviously, we talked about all the like the main stuff, all the free agency, like the Lions getting uh, Jamal Williams straight from Michael Brockers. We talked about all that. But now we've got to talk about the other side and some now former Lions that are on this team and someone making a very, very big decision you know, today, and that's Kenny Galladay. He is no longer a Detroit Lion, and he's going to the Big Apple to play in your you know, homegrown city, New York. So he's playing with the Giants. He signed a four-year deal today. Uh, Galladay is not part of the future anymore. It's official. You know, it looked like it was going to happen originally, but now it's official. Galladay is not part of the future. What's your thoughts on Galladay now out the doors? You know, now the Lions don't have that true number one receiver on the roster, what it looks like. So what's your thoughts on, you know, losing maybe a little younger receiver on Kenny Galladay? I know we've talked about this, but, you know, now that it's official, you know, what's your final thoughts on him? I mean, good for him. He got, what, 18 million? Yes. Yeah, 18 million million a year for a four-year span. Four years span, eighteen million, man. Good for him, man. I mean, I, I'm glad that we didn't pay him that money, but um, he, he deserves it. Good for him. I'm, I'm happy for him. I think um, I, I kind of figured he wasn't gonna be a part of the plans. Like they they want they want to start fresh, and they they know the receivers that they want. And yeah, he wasn't a part of the plan, so. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty clear once Brad Holmes didn't decide to franchise tag him that they didn't want. You know, Galladay part of these plans anymore, and then Galladay wasn't going to be someone that was going to be a staple in this offense that they were going to build from. I mean, it was pretty clear after the franchise tag. You know, I was maybe interested to see, you know, if Galladay's market maybe just never lived up to expectation, which it did because he got that 18 million tag. But if Galladay's expectations, you know, really never lived up to the market, I was always curious, you know, maybe the Lions give him a call and hey, we're like, hey, you know, let's give you a one or two year contract, and, you know, maybe you could work out here. For one year, for a one or two year deal, and then you know maybe you work your way up and you can get that big contract. But at the end of the day, Galladay and his agent reached that big deal that they always ended up wanting, and you know basically got the same deal that you know he rejected back in 2020 with Bob Quinn, and now he he got that same contract essentially, and now he gets to play for somewhere he you know chose instead of you know maybe staying in a place where he didn't want to stay. So um, you know overall you know tips off to Kenny Gowdy and his agent for getting that deal done because it looked at a certain point that he wasn't going to get that contract and then looking looking like he might have to settle for a little bit more or less, you know, play on a one-year deal or two-year deal and then maybe have to earn that big money, you know, next year or two years down the line. So, you know, caps off to him and his agent because they, they got it done. So, yeah, Gallaudet is no longer lying and he is also – he's heading to the Big Apple to play for the Giants and, you know, with Daniel Jones. I mean, what's your thoughts on the Giants, though, being that, that fit for him? Did you think that's a good fit for him? 
I mean, yeah. I mean, they're kind of loaded right now. You think about it, like Daniel, Daniel Jones has no excuse this year. No, not he at all. No excuse. I mean, he should be getting Saquon back. Um, they still got Shepard. Um, now they got Galladay. Yeah, they Shepard got squad. Slayton, Shepard, and then they got Barkley coming back too. I think people yeah. forget about him because he got hurt very early. Yeah. And, and who the the tight end Ingram? Evan Ingram, yeah. Yo, man, they got no. There's no excuse. No yeah. excuse that they that they can't um take that division or um at least you know contend. So kudos to them, man. You know what I just realized? We're gonna get to see down Kenny Galladay over Stereo Slate twice a year. Hmm. So that's gonna be interesting. Yes, I, I don't think he's gonna be good for Slay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Slay's a little upper in his career right now, so uh, I, you know, obviously, maybe not the same corner he was a couple of years ago. But okay, now I want to talk about the Lions filling in that receiver spot. And I wouldn't call this a Kenny Gallagher replacement by any means. This is a one-year contract. But if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, the Lions went out and signed Brashad Pyramid to a one-year, $3 million contract. They're bringing him in, the, you know, in Detroit now. So, Malcolm, this is a guy you actually wanted last year, in the last offseason. And, you know, they got the deal done now. So what's your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm hoping he could come in and, and be good. I mean, yeah, I did one last year because his time with Tampa, when he was in Tampa with his um, limited time of playing, he balled out. So I figured, yeah, you put him with Stafford, then that's a wrap. You know, I think Stafford would definitely get the best out of him. But now, you know, we have a new quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like I can say, yeah, you put him with golf. Golf is definitely get the best out of him. Like, I, I, I'm hoping, you know, shit. <laughs> um, but I think overall, it's a good signing. You got a guy that could, you know, stretch the field and take the top over the defense. So I'm, 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 definitely, um, def- I'm definitely interested to see what he's able to do in Detroit. Yeah, it's it's different because you know you look at the re- previous regime, and maybe in the previous regime that we haven't had a speed re- speed receiver in like who was our last speed receiver? I'm like trying to think on the top of my you, head. You could probably say Marvin Hall, but how no, much like, do you I use Marvin I, Hall? I don't, I don't count that. I'm like talk about a guy that'll actually get consistent playing time. Like who is a true burner on this offense? Like I don't think we've uh, ever had one. Javon Best. A guy that could take like a screen and go to yeah, all the way. Yeah, yeah, it's probably Javid 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 is probably the last one. Yeah, we never had like That's a receiver. Yeah, I mean, like Brashad Pyramid. I mean, it's just different because we we haven't had this style of receiver. It seems like ever in Detroit. So you know, now we're gonna see. You know, Brad Holmes kind of bringing a different philosophy in here now because I mean, it's the last you know two regimes. You know, kind of ignored that aspect of, of a receiver. They didn't really care about the speed aspect as much. They cared more about, you know, maybe the route running or maybe, you know, being that savvy possession guy who could just run from, you know, just take that one-on-one ball and that they, they value that more. Brad Holmes kind of brings a different aspect, at least from this signing, that we, have, we haven't seen in Detroit in, in a while at least, and that's bringing a speed aspect, and that's in Brashad Pyramid because this is a different – type of receiver that I, I've seen in Detroit. Like you mentioned the Marvin Halls and like they try to do the Jamal Agnew thing, but Rashad Pyramid right now is expected to be one of those guys on the field potentially to get, you know, a decent amount of snaps per game. And, you know, he's going to get a, a decent amount of looks per game because right now Detroit's receiving room, obviously before the draft and, you know, there's still a little bit of time in, in free agency, but I mean, most of the market's already gone. So, I mean, this is what, the receiving core is essentially assume they'll you know attack one or two one or two picks at that receiver spot in this upcoming draft. But as of right now, oh, could you still hear me? My fault. I was getting a call. Um, as of as of right now, <laughs> as of right now though, you know you got Terrell Williams, you got Pyramid, you got Quintez Cephas, and that's about it. Because after that, you know everyone is. You know, borderline roster guy or point you got, you know, Geronimo uh, Allison. He he opted out last year. We don't know if he's going to make the team. It's going to be a tough chance for him. And then you got a bunch of practice squad guys, Tom Kennedy, Victor Bolden. They'll get an opportunity. But something, a uh, position Detroit's going to definitely need to address in the draft. But as of right now, it's looking like Rashad Pyramid should have a decent role on this offense. So, um, you know, I'm intrigued. Do you see him as wide receiver two, wide receiver one? Uh, I think right now, I, I think it's going to be literally a position they're going to address in the draft, and then it's not going to matter because I think one of those guys are going to come in, 
and be the one or two. I think Terrell Williams is going to be a for sure starter. And then I think we'll see maybe a battle in that slot for like between Cephas or uh, between Perriman. And then I think, you know, those guys will, you know, split the reps or, you know, one guy, maybe Perriman takes those reps in the beginning of the season. And then, you know, maybe towards the end of the season or midway through the season, or even after a month of the season, you get Quintess Cephas skin, you know, more of the snaps and he steals it. Cause you know, Perriman's obviously not a long-term project. It's only a $3 million contract. So it's not someone you're, you know, necessarily locked to long-term. But yeah, okay. couldn't, couldn't find a mute button. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're right. I mean, I don't know how much they believe in those guys. Though. Like, like Holmes and, and and Dan Campbell. Like, how much do they believe in Cephas? I mean, those are not like those. Those are not their guys. It isn't. They, they, they didn't draft them. They didn't no. bring them in. No. So, yeah, I mean, how, how much of a role do you think like Quintus Cephas is gonna have? Like, he's gonna have to earn everything now. I don't think he's no for sure guy that's gonna have a role. Unless he balls out. I mean, I think this is not being talked about because people just assume that he's going to be on the team next year, but that's not even necessarily true. If Quintess Cephas, you know, gets out beat by one of these guys in camp, he could yeah. be one of those roster guys that just doesn't make the team. You know, yeah. when you look at this roster right now, I mean, you look at the receiving core, it, it looks like he's going to have some type of role, and some, you know, type of role, at least on the roster, just because of how limited the receiving core is. But, like, you know, maybe we look after the draft season, and and maybe the Lions draft two guys within you know day two. I mean, I don't know, I don't see that necessarily happen. Or maybe they dress one of those positions between day one or two, and then maybe they go early day three and get a receiver, and then they think that guy could have a role. So I don't think it's being talked to that Quintus Cephas could have you know potentially don't have a role you know coming into next year, and he might not even be on this team next year potentially. Yes, it's tough. So he don't earn everything. So we'll see what happens to him. Um... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Going into that that press conference, and I know we're gonna probably take a different angle right now going to that press conference with Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Did you get a, did you get a chance to catch that man? Like as far as yeah, like, I, caught, I caught most of it. You caught most of it? Are you are Hold you up. Speaking of press conferences, and this is, we'll get into that golf thing. Sorry, but I got to talk about this. Did you watch Stafford's press conference? Like, just like that I one sure, clip. I sure did. I sure did. I <laughs> sure did, you, did. Did you see what he was listening to in his press conference? Man, he, he's, you know, he's still a part of Detroit, man. You know, he, he still misses us, man. You know how it is. <laughs> he was listening to Dan Campbell. He was. And he, he, he goes, Oh, sorry. <laughs> he wants to see what's going wow. on down here. You know, you know, you know, you want to see what's going on down here. But what else you want to say? 12 years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But what, what I was gonna, what I was gonna say, and what I was gonna get into is that: Are you a little concerned that they might not go quarterback in, in round one? Because, because the way everything is looking right now, bro, I'm gonna tell you right now: um, the way the media, the Lions media, is is treating Jared Goff and promoting Jared Goff, and the way the coaching are talking about Jared Goff. And the way he's coming in, it doesn't doesn't seem like a a bridge type of situation, if you ask me. Like like teams don't do this with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, when Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, they don't have all this stuff from Ryan Fitzpatrick. They don't have videos and all this stuff from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Do, do you think that he's a guy? Like, I mean, when you say concerned, I mean, I think you're making it sound like quarterbacks like the only position the Lions need to address this draft, and it's like the only way the Lions could win the first round is if they address the quarterback position, and that's not necessarily true. Yeah, so, it's not. No, I'm just I saying mean, because I, think, I, know, I know you and you and Pierre wanted a quarterback. That's what I was saying. No, and I, and I still do want a quarterback. 
But like I've said, it's not worst case scenario if they don't dress that quarterback this year and, and just, you know, make golf the guy this year and, you know, give him the full opportunity where he doesn't have to worry about anything of competition behind him. And he gets the full year of an audition and he could see what he, what, I mean, the staff could see what he could do. And then they'll decide afterwards if they want to keep or, you know, let go of golf after that and, you know, find a replacement. I think it's very, you know, fair to assume that the lines don't address the quarterback position in this upcoming draft. And they sit back and let golf have an opportunity. And we're going to try, to give Goff the most, you know, perfect, not the most perfect opportunity, but we're going to give Goff an audition to try to win this spot. And if he can win this spot, then we have our quarterback position then addressed at that point. You know, Goff, you, you know. You, okay. I'm sorry, man. I keep getting calls. It, it, this guy, <laughs> people don't understand. If I if I decline two times, I'm not going to answer the third. <laughs> yeah, tell, tell, tell that girl to stop calling, bro. Tell her you're busy. <laughs> But, you know, this is more important, but I'm sorry. So I think they're going to give Goff, you know, the most fair opportunity and let him get 2020 potentially. But, you know, Brad Holmes is, you know, has the opportunity that he really likes a quarterback at the spot he's sitting at. I don't think he would hesitate either. But I think overall, I don't think Holmes is going to, you know, necessarily push it. Like, I need a quarterback this year. I need to draft my quarterback this year because he knows he has time to address that position, even if Goff isn't the guy. Um knowing that the Lions probably won't be that good next year, he's going to still have that same luxury to, you know, move up and have a guy that, you know, he potentially likes in the, in the next upcoming class. So um, I think Brad Holmes is going to sit back, see how the draft board falls. If, you know, he likes how the draft board falls, if he likes a quarterback, I think he'll take a quarterback. But if he doesn't necessarily love one of the quarterbacks, if they're still available, I don't think Brad Holmes has any problem either trading back and getting more draft capital for maybe this up, this draft or – you know, sitting sitting at seven and getting a guy he really likes and really values and thinks he could be part of the franchise for the next, you know, however many years. So I think Holmes is, you know, in no panic mode right now. And he's just sit back and relax and just going to see how the draft board falls instead of, you know, being one of those teams where I need to get my quarterback this year. I don't think Brad Holmes and his staff are thinking like that this year. I think they're sitting back and relaxing and seeing how the board falls because they know they don't have to rush this position. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably like right now the way I'm feeling right now. I really want one of those offensive tackles. Oh, yeah. So you're on that boat now. I'm I'm probably on that boat right now. I really want one of those. Because you were on the tackles. receiving boat. You you were on the receiving boat for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I was. But then, uh, wait, am I echoing? Hello, hello, hello. You're good now. Yeah, okay. it was for a little bit. Okay. Um. Wait, damn. I'm still echoing. Maybe maybe it is. What the hell is going on? Can you hear me now? Right. Yeah, you're good. All right, all right, all right. So, yeah, I, I was at a point, a point that I wanted one of those wide receivers. Now, Jamar Chase is there. I still want Jamar Chase. I'll, I'll probably take Jamar Chase over the tackles. But I don't think he's going to be there. I think our option is going to be between Waddle and Smith. And mm-hmm. if you ask me, do I want one of those tackles or Waddle or Smith, I will probably take a tackle because I think you could probably find a, a Waddle later in the draft. I don't think you gotta push, you know, your seventh overall pick for Waddle. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's tons of guys in this draft with speed. Like I've been seeing, watching pro days, and the guys are throwing four two numbers all day. Now, probably not really four twos, but I think they're <laughs> legit four threes. But um, you can find the Waddles later in the draft, and it won't be it won't be an issue. I, I don't think Waddle will be the move. Now, if you go Devontae Smith, I mean, how big is he? I mean, that, that that's 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 we'll a, see on uh, April twelfth, I believe, is the yeah. pro day in Alabama. Yeah, that's a little bit of concern. I mean, if he puts on puts on some weight, if he gets at least one eighty, one seventy five, one eighty, I mean, maybe you know he, he could probably be a threat. He could be, definitely be a QB uh, a wide receiver one if he if he gains the weight. I just don't. I just hope he's not as small as they say he is. One sixty five. Yeah. No, he was small when I saw him at the Senior Bowl. I mean. Obviously, he didn't end up measuring, but, you know, just, you know, looking at my eye and looking at Devontae Smith on the sideline, I mean, he, he is small compared to the other guys there especially. So it's going to be interesting, you know, what he weighs at um, at the Alabama Pro Day. So we'll see that. No, but I agree with you. If it, if it's at seven, I told you, if it's not an offensive lineman or quarterback, I'm not really intrigued or interested in who they drafted that spot, honestly, because at that point, I'd rather just trade back and gain more draft capital 
and work from there. Because I think other than that, I think you're either reaching or it's not really a much of a greater position and need, if that makes sense, that you could make, that maybe you could have just addressed later in the draft, if that makes sense. So like, receiver's obviously a big need right now, but I, I don't think that's a, a position where you're in the line situation where you need to draft at number seven. I think you could trade back or even address this position later on in the draft, day two, day three, and be completely fine. I don't think Detroit needs to rush and get a, a receiver at pick number seven or the situation they have right now. Because you look at Detroit's roster, everything's basically up for grabs. I mean, there's not really one position that's, you know, that's a staple, that's sold. I mean, everything is up for grabs, essentially. There's not there's not many positions on that on this team right now because Brad Holmes is, you know, building this thing from scratch. He's building from the bottom up right now. So I think everything's in play right now. But I think if you want to start off this rebuild and – if you want to get the best value at seven, I think it's a quarterback or an offensive lineman. I mean, other than that, I think you have to trade back if you're not getting one of those you know, two positions. And like you mentioned, those offensive linemen are fun. Uh, the two that really st- stick out to me are Penny Sewell. If he's there at seven, I, I mean, he's my second overall prospect in this whole entire draft. So if they could find a way to land him at seven, oh, I think it's a massive steal. And Rashawn Slater... You know, he, he's getting, you know, talk as a tackle. But I think this guy, if you if you switch him to the guard position, which he played all five positions at Northwestern, I think if you switch him to the guard position, I think this guy could be like in a super, like a very, very elite offensive guard at the pro level. Like, I, like I'm talking like up top five, Zach Martins, Quint Nelson territory. Like, I think he could be very, very good if he's an offensive guard in the NFL. The offensive tackle position – you know, I think he can still be a fine player, but I think at that guard position, I think he's a difference maker. I think he could be a true difference maker in the interior. So that's someone I would be very, very interested if, you know, they if he was in position at number seven, you know, and if they're not a huge fan of these quarterbacks, I I, would, I think that'd be a home run hitter if you got Rashawn Slater. Yeah, and for for the people again, I said this before, if you don't know who Rashawn Slater is, just turn on the tape with him versus Chase Young. And he's gonna, oh, yeah. he's gonna change your change your whole perspective about him. That dude completely shut down Chase Young, one on one by himself. Yeah. So, so I want to bring up. People are probably wondering, like, you know, what do you mean offensive line and quarterback are the only positions you could address at seven? Like, we have the worst defense in all of football. How can you not address that position at pick seven? And I'm gonna be real brief and simple about it. If there was a, a defensive player I thought worth the pick, I would be all over it right now. But there's no, there's isn't that guy. I mean, I think anybody you take at seven on the defense side of the ball, that's a need for this team. Like as far as the front seven, I think it's a reach. I really do. Like I think you know maybe the best value defensive player that would be there would be a Micah Parsons. But even then, like, do you need a linebacker at pick number seven? I mean, he's not going to be your middle linebacker. That's going to be one of those guys that's just you know one of those crazy coverage guys like a Devin White. That's not Micah Parsons' game. Micah Parsons is. You know, an off-ball linebacker, you know, that can maybe get to the quarterback a couple times if you line him up in the jack spot, which Detroit doesn't necessarily really need as much right now. So I don't really think there's that one guy on the defensive side of the ball that's worth the number seven pick. You know, maybe if you trade back and, you know, you want to attack one of those interior defensive linemen, I think that's fine. You know, you can go get your guy. You can go get like a Christian Barmore or something like that. I think that makes more sense. But I think if we're talking as far as pick number seven, I think anything outside of the offensive line or quarterback for Detroit, I think it's a bit of a reach, honestly. What's your thoughts yeah. on that, Malcolm? I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the closest guy would be Parsons. And, it, you know, at seven, will, will that be good value for Parsons, you know? There's so much there's so much better value. Like, even the receivers are, are better value than, than Parsons, you know? I, I I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't do it unless. I mean, he had didn't he, didn't he come out with really good um, pro day numbers? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he had. He ran a four 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 right. I don't know if that was the official pro day or like one of those personal workouts. I don't remember exactly. I don't. I, like I have a feeling it wasn't the actual Penn State pro day, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, so, I, I remember. I just remember seeing that he ran a four four. It was a four four six. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if it was like his official protein numbers or if it was a workout. But I mean, I just don't know. I don't know. I mean, I you, think- turn, you turn on the tape on him; he's good. He's a phenomenal player. But do you get him I, at I, seven? 
Yeah, I just I think it's a bit of a reach. And I think John in our comment section made a really good point. It says follow the money. Look who we're getting the big contracts: quarterbacks, tackles, and defensive ends. I think that's hundred percent true. And obviously, those are the three most important positions in football. And I think the three positions in football you need to address right away, especially when you start a rebuild. Because right now, the Lions got their left tackle. They got Taylor Dyker. He's he's a staple. They paid him last year. Um, the quarterback position's not sold right now. Obviously, like we said, I mean, Goff gets the audition to see if he's that guy, but obviously not the for sure quarterback of the future. And then your right tackle position, oof, that's really up for grabs right now because Terrell Crosby maybe not part of the long term plans. Big V, we saw how that you know how that went last year, and doesn't seem oh, like Dan really has you know much you know interest of keeping him at the tackle position this year. Oh, so that is definitely a spot of you know uncertainty and then the defensive end spots you locked up one of your guys in Romeo Quar and then I think everything else at that point is up for grabs as well you know is Trey Flowers part of this long-term plan we have to see for this year because if Trey Flowers doesn't perform I mean Brad Holmes could easily move off that contract after this year because it comes a lot more cuttable after next year so then you so right now you have one defensive end spot sold you have a left tackle sold everything else out of the big position that we just named right now are not sold right now because you still don't know who your quarterback of the future is. You still don't know who your right tackle of the future is. And you still don't know who your other defensive end alongside Romeo Quar is going to be. You know, maybe that's why you got a little more competition that you can, you know, play around with. You got guys like you drafted last year, Julian Aquara. You know, maybe they test out Austin Bryant. Like we said, they saw Trey Flowers for another year. But kind of like we were saying about Quintez Cephas, these are none of Brad Holmes' guys. So, you know, they might not be part of the long-term plan. So, you know, it's not that surprising if Detroit maybe goes a different direction and they don't plan to use one of these guys I'm, I'm mentioning right now. So everything else is up for grabs right now is what I'm basically saying outside of the left tackle spot and the defensive, one of the defensive end spots in Romeo Quara. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, we'll see how they handle it, man. I know they dropped a the tackle right. or one of those offensive like line guys. It could be a real, Stable point to our offensive line, man, which is already look like it was headed in the right direction. You know, offense, our offensive line look like it's really good, but you added one of those, one of those guys, man. If Detroit could get one of those offensive linemen and they end up being elite, I mean, Detroit has a top five offensive line at that point. I mean, yeah. don't they? They, they, they sure would. Because you got Taylor Decker, who I think is you know, Pro Bowl, All Pro worthy, at least you know, top, top. Six, seven tackle-ish left tackle. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. And then I think Frank Ragnow, I think undoubtedly top three center in the NFL. And then at that point, you drafted Jonah Jackson last year. He's one of those guys you just want in your offensive line a good starter. And then if you get one of the, uh, if you get another offensive lineman, like if it's Penny Sewell or if it's Rashawn Slater, and they end up being very good, I mean, I think we're talking top-notch offensive line. And it's going to be a spot where quarterbacks and running backs are going to want to play for at that point. Because when you address those trenches and you have a nice trenches, people are going to want to play for them. Yeah. So. I say do it. I, that's exciting, man. I, I mean, I told you, offensive line is my favorite position. I think it's the most important position in football. So I'm all in. I'm all in for offensive line. I mean, I, I never think there's a, a bad time to address offensive line. But we're going to get John in here. John has requested to speak. So we're going to get John in here. Now, what's up, John? Johnny, what's up, my man? Hey, well, I agree with you guys 100% on this. And uh, I think, especially for Goff, if you get Penny Sewell or Slater to play that tackle position, Goff's going to have a nice front line. He's, they picked up um, Hill, who's going to help the running game and the protection. Yes. I think Goff could look good. I think the running backs can look good for once. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's something that's kind of we haven't really talked about is the running backs. I mean, the running backs mm. are obviously going to really benefit off a, a very good offensive mm. line. You know, guys like DeAndre Swift, newly brought in Jamal Williams, are definitely going to benefit off that. But I think at that point, you know, maybe the receiving core not being the, the biggest strength, and it may it might still be a position they address in the draft, which I think they will. But you're giving golf, I think, a fair opportunity at that point. If you, if you get an offensive lineman in the top seven. And the guy lives up to expectations, starts day one, and just plays well right away from the from the gate. I mean, that's a fair audition for golf. You you would say, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm all in, man. So, John, who, who's your? So you're all in offensive line at seven, right? Well, I like offensive line too. I mean, I'm I'm still big on trading back because I think they need so many things. 
I don't think it would hurt to move back and still get in line. They can get receivers down the road. They can get tackles down the road. Defense. Yes. But, I mean, if they have to, they get stuck at that pick. And um, and even a quarterback. I'm okay if they want to get a quarterback for the future. If they think uh, Lance is the guy to go with, I'm okay with that. But, honestly, if they get stuck at that position, I'm kind of thinking offensive lineman now. So, John, I got a question for you. What's a position – like, what are the only positions you're cool with the Lions if they sat back at seven? Because I know you brought the trade back option. I agree with that. But if the Lions did sit back at seven, what's are, what are some positions you were comfortable with them, you know, selecting at that spot? Well, I think we talk, you talked about it before. It's the money. I mean, you look at who's getting the big contracts. you got to look at tackle. A quarterback, if you think it's one of the guys is good. I mean, I'm okay with Chase because I think he's just the real big playmaker. I'm just worried about – um, Waddle and Smith that they're good but do they have the big enough ceiling for that big contract and like I say the, the defense I'd go along with the defensive end but I don't think anyone's good enough at seven no. okay so you seem like you're on the same boat as me basically yeah you know. I would agree with you guys 100% what you've been saying so far I appreciate that John okay thanks, thanks. a lot John take care okay so people agree with me that's not you know that's that's pretty rare because, you know, usually I can think. What are you talking about, man? People always agree with you, man. No, I mean, people usually don't like my, my two cents on stuff. So, <laughs> you know, if I, if I say, don't think receiver is seven, oh, what do you mean, don't? We, we, we got to get Jamar Chase. We got to get Jamar We got to get one of these guys. Uh, so I, we, we get a little different perspective this time. Someone agree with me. I like it. This is how it feels. I mean, because, man, it's, it's, it's just more football, man. That, that position that – it not only makes the, the line better, but it makes other positions on the team better. You know, it makes the quarterback better. It's going to make the running back better. It's going to give the receivers more time to, you know, run their routes because the quarterback doesn't have a clean pocket and could just, you know, just makes everybody better. So, yeah, I mean, I'm down with it 100%. I mean, you remember, like, back in the Caldwell era, and this is something I'll give credit to Bob Quinn for, and there's not really much stuff I'll give credit to Bob Quinn for, but – one thing he did do was address the offensive line, and I think he did a fine job at it. I mean, he really didn't draft any bust at the offensive line position. Every guy he, he drafted panned out. He made a very busty free agent signing on the offensive line, but other than that, you know, his offensive line, I mean, he did a really fine job, uh, you know, figuring out the position. So, Halaputi Vaitai. You know, Halaputi Vaitai. I, I told you, you were high on that move. I, I was never big on that move. You know what? You know what it was? I was like, you know what? Bob Quinn kind of has an eye for these type of things. Yeah. I thought maybe maybe he knew something that we didn't. I mean, you, even the Eagles fans were telling me, they was like, yo, you guys got bamboozled. Like, you just got jipped. <laughs> like, you just paid this much money for a helpfully Vitae, a five-year deal. I mean, it's, you look at the logistics, it's really a two-year deal that you can move on after. But, I mean, it was just – it looked like ridiculous in the start. I'm like, dude, this is like the third-string offensive tackle for the Eagles. And we just paid this guy <laughs> – Fifty million dollars for the next five years. It was bad, bro. I'm telling you, like I had my I had my my fan goggles so deep, like on that even the Eagles fans was telling me that we got bamboozled. And I was like, "You're wrong." I was like, "You're wrong." I said, "You're wrong." We got this right. I mean, you, guys, you guys messed up. <laughs> I mean, you and Pierre were trying to convince me this guy was like legit. I'm like, dude. I mean, what did you guys say? I mean, Pierre was telling me top ten. Run blocker in the NFL. I'm like, huh? I don't, I, I don't know about that. I just, I just know that you know what happened is that when when the Patriots played the Eagles, Halaputi Vitae was just starting. What I think they were, they were starting right tackle. Yeah, in the Super or, Bowl. In the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and he did a good job. I think he held up no pressures, completely shut down whoever was you know trying to get at him, get the quarterback, completely shut them down. It might have been Flowers. And, could have been flowers. Could have been flowers. And then um, Patricia was like, "Man, that guy. I gotta get him. when he's available. One day, I gotta get him on my team." <laughs> and yeah, he was available. Got him on his team, and oh my lord! It's like that picture of uh, I just saw recently Bill Belichick hugging Hunter Henry. It's like, oh, I need to get this guy on my team, and he ended up doing it. You know, I think that's gonna be the one guy. And we're gonna laugh about this. You're gonna laugh at me for this, but I think July Tavai is gonna be one of those guys for New England because Bill Belichick, his rookie year when they played. We won the preseason. He hugged him. He hugged him. him. And it looked like he was saying, "Take him now, take his <laughs> ass now." And, and it looked like he said something to him. It's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get you out of here." <laughs> we, take his ass now. Oh, I'd be completely fine with it. But we have a request speaker right now. We got Mendy. Let's let's bring Mendy in here. What's up, Mendy? What's going on? You're on with the Pride Podcast. Hear me? 
Hello? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, um, so I'm a diehard Giant fan. Okay. Um, and we obviously just got Kenny G. And, like, people are ecstatic. They're happy. Um, me, uh, I mean, people are acting like he's, like, one of the top ten r- receivers. I'm like, he's a true number one guy. Um, is this true or is this just an overreaction on man, the hype from the signing? Because I don't know, which is. All right. Do you want to answer this or do you want me to, do you want me to answer this? All Go right. for it, Malcolm. All right. All right. So Kenny G, what you can get from Kenny G? And it's going to be tough to figure out what kind of Kenny G you're going to get because he was playing with a, I know a lot of outsiders may not see this, but Stafford is a phenomenal quarterback. And he's a guy that could put the ball anywhere on the field. Now, can Daniel Jones do that? You know, because all Kenny G is, he's not a great route runner. He's not a great at crazy separation. You're not going to get that guy. If you want a guy that's going to, you know, beat the guy off the line and just off route running, he's not that guy. Kenny G's a guy that you put the ball up in any area that he's in, and if he's one-on-one, he's going to come down with the ball. That's the type of Ken- that's the type of player Kenny G is. Um, so he's a red zone target, you're saying? He is a red zone target. I mean, he led the league in touchdowns a couple of years ago when he went to the Pro Bowl. He led the league in touchdowns uh, in the wide receiver position. So he's a guy that's going to – I'm telling you, you, put the ball up. He has a way of twerking his body around in weird angles to, to come down with those balls. So, I mean, you, this is the season where – Daniel Jones is going to make him or it's going to break him because you have Galladay, Shepard, Darius, Barkley, Kyle, Rudolph, um, who they just signed, Evan Ingram. I'm like, there's no excuse. Um, So I guess like, right, Um, Giant fans are used to like OBJ, you know? So like, do you think Kenny G um, is on that level or like a tier um, under it? I don't think and, he's OBJ. I don't think he's Odell Beckham in his prime. Like, I don't think you're getting that giant Odell Beckham, but you're getting a guy – who is a true number one receiver. And that's and that's what your question was. I mean, this is a perfect fit for what you guys needed on this offense. You know, you mentioned all those nice surrounding, you know, the supporting cast around Daniel Jones, and that's fine. That's a very good supporting cast. And now adding Galladay, I think that supporting cast is just going to look better now because I think it's going to create more opportunities for now, uh, you know, a Shepard or Darius Slayton, and it's going to give them a better opportunity. Maybe Evan Ingram starts to thrive a little bit now. Uh, you guys got Kyle Rudolph, who was in the NFC North. He, he gave us a run for our money, man. He, he was kind of one of those lion killers. Always had a pretty solid game versus us. So that's another, that's another pretty solid, you know, pickup for, you know, the Giants. But like you said, this is a make or break for Daniel Jones. And could Daniel Jones work with these targets now? Because there's no excuse, you know. The offensive line could use some work, but, you know, you guys still got a top pick this year. So I'm interested to see how the Giants can build because now this is year two of Joe Judge. Let's see how they build now from this standpoint. Because, I mean, this offense, hypothetically, is very rock solid right now. And it's just going to come down to, is Daniel Jones the real deal? And I'm not necessarily sold on Daniel Jones from an outsider perspective and from the games I've seen. I just, I've never been a huge fan of him. So I'm, you know, interested to see what he could do now with the supporting cast. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting. And like you said, there's zero excuse now for Daniel Jones. I think this is going to be the make or break for Joe Judge to, you know, determine if I'm going to keep building around Daniel Jones or if I'm going to move on after him, you know, maybe, you know, next offseason. So ne- there's no excuse anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I got I will, you. I will say this. Like, if I had to compare him to a player, um, I'll compare him to a prime. And you guys might be familiar with this player. Um, a prime Des Bryant. Wow! Really? That's what you're gonna get with Kenny Galladay, a prime Des Bryant. Wow! And you, you said that to a wow. Giants fan who hates the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, honestly, Des Bryant is pretty damn good. Honestly, <laughs> honestly that's, what, that's what you're gonna get from Kenny Galladay. Des Bryant wasn't the best route runner. I mean, it wasn't really great, great, great separation either. But yes, he so, was getting um, he so, getting getting those jump balls or you know stretching the field and one on one. He was that guy. Yeah, but um, so what's going on now is um. They're comparing this signing um to the Plaxico Burris signing. Um, how Plaxico took Eli to um the next level. You know, he was six foot four, two, yada yada yada. Um, so that's who Giant fan at least um is comparing Kenny G to. Um, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Ain't no Have problem, going, man. Mandy. That, that's interesting, man. I'm, I'm actually really intrigued to see how that works out. I was shocked, kind of. Galladay shoots in the Giants, honestly, just because, you know, how rocky the Patriot way kind of, you know, went through and how he rejected that deal with Bob Quinn because 
like I said, you know who the coach is in New York? That's Joe Judge. That's a former Patriot guy as well. I don't know, but is he like Patricia? I don't know that. But, like, you know, uh, I was just a little shocked that he's going, you know, through the Patriot kind of tree again. But, you know, maybe this is a little bit different. But it, I don't know. Well, I mean, it had to be different. I mean, Joe Judge and, you know, the staff had to sell him on something to sign that deal. I mean, it might have been the money, but, I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm pretty sure he talked to some guys. I'm pretty sure he probably maybe talked to, you know, maybe he had a word with, uh, what's his name? Former Lion. Yeah. Um, Golden Tate. Golden Tate and Golden Tate told him how the how the how the locker room vibe is. Well, Maybe. I mean, did you did you see Golden Tate? Um, he wasn't happy on his way out either. He wasn't happy on his way out. Well, I don't know about his way out, but he wasn't happy with the role he had on the Giants. I don't know if that was necessarily. I mean, Joe Judge benched him a whole game. He didn't let him travel with the team and put him in the red jersey in, in practice one time, and he, he made him the extra body. Oh wow! Like he was a practice squad body. Oh wow. Because Golden Tate said on Monday Night Football, when he got a touchdown, give me more targets. And that's how Joe Judge responded. He benched him and made him, like, he put him in a red jersey in practice and benched him for the next week game. Mm. So Good luck, good luck Kenny Galladay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, at least he didn't go to the Bears, man. That's what, I was just one place I was hoping that he did not go. It's just away from the NFC North. Get him the hell out of the NFC North. Like, as long as he didn't go there, I'm I'm good. I mean, I was a little worried. I thought he was going to go to the Bears. I would not want to see Kenny Galladay playing against Kenny Galladay twice a year. And Mendy was also saying that I guess GT's family was posting stuff on social media as well. So, I mean, Galladay's not that type of guy. He's usually not a true vocal guy like that. He's, he's a lot more quiet. He's a quiet guy. Because we had both of them, so I could tell you that. I mean, you know. Uh, Gali's a lot more quiet than GT, but I love GT, man. GT was a phenomenal player. They call him Showtime Tape for a reason. So, um, but yeah, overall, you know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see how this Galladay fits, though, um, in New York now. And like we said, this is a make or break for, you know, Daniel Jones. So, yeah, that, that's, that's what's up, man. But let's go back to more signings. Did we sign more people or? Uh, you wanna you wanna go in st- you wanna go in more depth of talking about Tim Boyle? Tim, oh fuck! <laughs> oh, we got another we, we got we, we do got another request though, so we'll just do that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> we got John oh, back. John, Tim are you are you here to talk about Tim Boyle? Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Oh. Now, have you seen have you seen anything on him? I was actually he had a YouTube video. He was talking an interview on something. The guy does look like he's pretty mature, and he had a he had a rough college career. And I think he's got the grit Dan Campbell might like. Okay. I think he. he <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie, John. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think I've, I've really watched Tim Boyle. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm laughing because I sent Tyler a highlight video on Twitter, and I want Tyler to explain <laughs> what so, was he uh, doing in the highlights. So Malcolm's highlights are great yet either. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, no, they were actually phenomenal. They were phenomenal yeah. highlights. I mean, yeah, he, he's a phenomenal. I think it better. I mean, make it do better. But this guy's got grit. I think. I no, think he, he's got a lot of grit. He's had a tough. I think he's had a tough road and realized he's he doesn't have a second to lose. Otherwise, he's going to lose his career. Like he's kind of fighting on the end of his end of his rope, and he knows that. So he's playing like he's every game is his last game sort of thing so like I, I just like that spirit in the kid and I, I think that's the kind of thing Campbell might like I don't think he ever loses the spot with what the highlight reel I saw from Malcolm I mean he's a phenomenal kneeler like a phenomenal <laughs> kneeler you know in the highlight day it was, it was like a literally it was a five minute highlight of him just kneeling the ball <laughs> in different different games different situations it's just kneeling the ball I was like, I mean, wow, the- this is the best they could come up with. No, but I'm not gonna lie. I'm not all right, all jokes aside, all jokes aside. I actually saw I had to dig deep. I had to go to his college college tapes and 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 I actually saw some of his preseason games. Okay. Yeah. His preseason it, games were good. He did he like has two an arm. Ago. Yeah, he he has an arm. Yeah. He has he has a solid arm. I'll say that. I mean it's preseason though, but Yeah, I mean I'm not looking as far as like what he's did in preseason, I'm looking like, all right, does he have an arm? Is he a scrambler? Uh, can I even know what kind of quarterback he was? Yeah, he's got a big arm and he's hitting his man. That's the yeah. He has, he has a big he has a big arm. So I'm interested to see. I, w- I want to see him in preseason or in camp. Maybe you guys could tell me how he looks in camp, or maybe I'll come down and I'll, I'll see. I, I don't know. 
I mean, he beat uh, he beat Jordan Love for being a better kneeler to pick up the backup spot for Aaron Rodgers. Bro, so. that, that when I saw that video, man, I was like, wow, this is the best they could come up with, bro. I mean, Tim Boyle's got like a huge fan club supposedly too. I didn't know about this, but like Green Bay fans are actually legitimate pissed about losing him. This reminds me of like the Pistons back in. 2016 when they signed Boban. Like, it, Spurs fans were pissed when they lost Boban. And this almost reminds me of that with Tim Boyle right now. I mean, These I'm guys are not going to play. He has an arm. From what I've seen, he has an arm. And maybe he has talent. I mean, we'll see. We uh, will see. From, he kind of reminds me of a, a Mac Jones with like a little better arm. <sighs> <laughs> not the same game time manager of Mac Jones, but he, remind, he, he looks like Mac Jones a little bit. So just because he looks like Mac Jones, he plays like Mac Jones? No, no, he... he if I, I haven't watched him. I told you, I haven't watched him. So he, he just reminds me of Mac Jones. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so I'm out on Tim Boyle, if that's the case. Get him, on an inter- get him on an interview. You'll like him. You'll like him if you hear him talk. I think You know what? That, that's a good idea. Yo, Tyler, is there a way yeah, you could get a hold of t- uh, Tim Boyle's like, agent or PR rep? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get on that. We'll try to that'll, get on that. That'll we'll be interesting. Yeah, we are going to try to get Tim Boyle on the podcast. I can't wait because I have a lot of questions. I have a lot okay. of questions. I'm actually intrigued. Maybe we could pull that off. I feel like that. I think we could pull it off. off. I feel like we could pull this off. Yeah, I think we can. How about everybody in this locker room, including you, John? We'll just tw- does Tim Boyle have a Twitter? We'll just all tweet at Tim Boyle. Hop on our pod. No, no, we gotta do it professional. We gotta probably hit up his PR rep and do. All we'll, okay, we'll do. We'll, we'll do a professional. We'll get Tim Boyle on the pod. I mean, I'm really gonna try this out. So you know, if, if he doesn't join, it's on Tim Boyle. It's not on us. We want Tim Boyle on the pod. Yeah, let's so. do it. Okay. Give him a chance. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be another Dan Campbell for you. You'll love him. Okay. Oh, yeah, maybe. He's got to play, though. That's the key. But he's, at least he's got a starting point. At least this year, it looks like we're going to get a preseason. So at least we'll get to see some of these guys. Because last year, we, I mean, I think people kind of underrate the preseason. I, I like the preseason. I like watching these, you know, bottom roster guys, you know, kind of just fight off of the last spot or, you know, fight off of that practice squad spot. I, I like the competition. I like when guys are just like all in, you know, football mode and, you know, they're playing for something that's really meaningful to them and they're playing for a roster spot. So I, I really like, I love the training camp. I love the preseason as well. So I, I kind of miss it this this year in a way. You think we're still going to get all four? All four? I mean, I'm okay with cutting a preseason game. Like if they wanted to make it three, I think that's fine. I think four is a bit much, but I think if they want to do three and, you know, just more camp, I think that's completely fine by me. Mm-hmm, okay, I wouldn't be shocked if they restructured. I think it, it would honestly be better if they restructured it. Honestly, yeah, they they should. So I mean, cause four games is much. It's a lot. It, it is. Um, but let me let me get into um the other signing that we did. The uh, event. Our... Uh oh, uh, Charles Harris, former first round pick. Charles Harris. Yeah, I mean, that's how, a, do you, that's how, how do you how do you feel about that? Because I have mixed this, because he has like what three six well, he, like how many sacks did he have, like in the past? He like, had three and a, three and a half. He had three and a half last year with Atlanta. So I mean, this is a guy that you're kind of getting just like as a rental. I mean, not maybe not even a rental. I mean, this is kind of like what we talked about last year. Remember how Jared Davis getting that opportunity in New York with Robert Sala? Yeah, this is like the same situation as seeing like. Can we get anything out of Charles Harris? Is there any juice left in Charles Harris? I mean, they got him at a very, very cheap salary and a, a salary that could be very cuttable. So, I mean, it's probably a guy that will be on the roster next year, I would assume. And is at least, gonna, you know, he's going to get opportunity in camp. But I think he's going to end up making the roster just with the salary he's making. But this is just a last trial, basically, and a last audition. And, and that's kind of the story for the Lions in 2021. It's like a lot of auditions. It's like, Who's part of this future? Who's going to be part of this long-term future? And that, and that's what we're going to see a lot in 2021. I mean, obviously with Jared Goff, and we're going to see a bunch of spots like that with, you know, no long-term stability. We're going to see a lot of, like, just competitions, like who could be the real deal and who's a guy we could build off for the long-term future. I think there's a reason why Brad Holmes hasn't committed anybody for a five-year contract. It's because he wants to see what he has first. And then once you see what he has, we will build from that if – you know, we see Jeff Fakuda and Amani Awari, a very good duo corner. We're cool with that. Well, we don't need to address that position. So that's this is an audition year for many guys on the line. And I think Charles Harris just kind of fits that 
that mold of what they're looking for, just a tryout body. And, you know, maybe we get something out of him and maybe, you know, the league missed on something. Maybe Atlanta and Miami couldn't get the best out of this guy and maybe Aaron Glenn could. I'm not saying that's going to happen necessarily, but it's an audition. It's an audition for him. And for a rebuilding team, you need guys like this. You need guys that have, you know, on their last foot and, you know, they need one more chance. I think that's what the lines are looking for in 2021. And it's smart because, you know, this was a former first-round pick. And, you know, maybe you get something out of him. If he pans out, sweet. Now you got a new defensive end for the long-term future. If he doesn't work out, okay, he's here for a year and you cut ties after one year and then that's it. So it's, I mean, it's a win-win situation for me in my in my book. Man, I'm going to say this again because I know you don't like Jared Davis, but you got to stop trying Jared Davis, man. He, this is not like a Jared Davis situation. It isn't? Hell no, man. Jared What's Davis. Different? All right, Jared Davis. All right, Jared Davis is a middle linebacker, and he actually had a successful season. This guy never had a successful season. Jared Davis in 2018 um, came off a year with six sacks, 75 tackles. I mean, that's that's promising in the middle linebacker position. Oh, Jared God. Davis is a, as a middle linebacker had more sacks as a defensive end in the same amount of seasons. Jared Davis had 10 sacks in, in his career. This dude, Chris Harris, has 5.5. This is not – he can't compare him to Jared. I mean, Jared Davis, I know that he has ups and downs. But it's the same situation, it, though, isn't it? I want to say that because, Jared, like I said, Jared Davis last year with Caldwell was successful. He, he was a good – he was heading in the right direction. His second yeah. year in the league, he was heading in the right direction. And then he got with Patricia and everything plummeted. <laughs> everything went backwards fast with Jared Davis the moment we got Matt Patricia. You, right. you know, you're supposed to be the guy supposed to help him excel and get in the right direction, but he made everything with Jerry Davis go backwards. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to say that because Jerry Davis showed promise. This guy never showed anything. He didn't have showed anything. The most year, the, the best, the best career he had is, is coming off a three sack season. That, that's pretty bad. Sure. Okay. So Jerry Davis has showed a little bit more, but they're in the same boat at the end of the day. I mean, it's it's the same. If, like, if, 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 if you're looking at it like, yeah, come get a second chance. This guy's coming yeah, off. This guy, his, he, this is his third chance. I think it's his third <laughs> chance. But this is like this. It's the same thought process, though. Like Robert Sala bringing in Jared Davis is the same thought process, in my opinion, of Brad Holmes bringing in Charles Harris for a year. No, would it? Yeah, the reason why I say that is because Robert Sala is probably looking at um, Davis's good years, which was the 2018 season. And says, "Where is this Jerry Davis? Where has this Jerry Davis been um, the past two years? And I want to get this Jerry Davis back out of you. If I get this Jerry Davis back out of you, guess what? You're gonna have we're gonna have a, 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 a we're gonna have a good linebacker. But if you're, gonna, think, if you're gonna be the Patricia Jared Davis, you might need to go. And I think Brad Holmes is looking at Charles Harris, not necessarily in the NFL, but he's looking at his Missouri film because, believe it or not, these guys are only one pick apart from each other. <laughs> these oh, guys, really? We're in the same oh, really? draft. Davis was number 21, and then I believe Charles Harris was number 22, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. So same draft class. I think it's the same like audition, essentially, but Charles Harris has just been thrown around a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're trying to pull a college tape and say, please go back to your college form. Like, yeah, no, I, it is a bit tough. more of a stretch. But it is, it <laughs> definitely a bit more of a stretch than you know seeing – you know, pro product. So I agree with that. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, hopefully he works. I mean, hell, if he works out, I mean, that's better for us, man. But he's a guy who's who only has 5.5 sacks in one, two, three, four, four seasons. So Not why are you good. skeptical about it, though, is, is what I'm curious about. He said, why am I skeptical? He hasn't done shit. Yeah, but, like, what's the loss in it by signing him? No, I mean, it, I mean, I don't I don't know. Like, it, I haven't looked at the numbers, but it's is like his contract cut it's, it's nothing, so he could get cut. It's like three million dollars, I think. Oh, I don't, okay. even, I don't even know how much guaranteed it is. Okay, man, then, then it is what it is. If so there's not money. like that's what I'm saying. There's like no long term with this move at all. But he could be a long term thing if you know he ends if up he comes out. You get what another three sacks? <laughs> no, not that. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, hopefully he comes out and balls out, man. Come on. Let's, let's, let's get double digit sack from this guy. I mean, first round, let's go. I mean, like, like it's like Romeo Quara. What was Romeo Quara before? I mean, sometimes these guys I, just pan. I don't know, man. That's crazy. Sometimes these guys just come out of nowhere and they just thrive in a different situation. 
I mean, you might have said the same thing last year if we were a Falcons fan for Charles Harris. You know, like, get him out of Miami, we'll bring him here. But, like, Miami, at the end of the day, was a dysfunctional situation as well. I mean, they fired their coach, I believe, what, week five, week six in the season? So it was like a Patricia situation. You know, at least Charles Harris is now entering a fluid situation, a situation that's, you know, stable right now. You know, nothing significant is really going to happen in 2021 for the Lions. So he's entering a little more stable position where he's just here. And, he, you know, the room that he's entering right now is a little better room than he's ever entered because he's entering a room with a lot of guys in the same situation as him. You know, it's going to be a lot of audition guys. And, you know, a lot of guys are just going to be trying hard and trying to, you know, play good football and, you know, earn next contracts. And, you know, I think Charles Harris just kind of fits the mold of what they're looking for in 2021. That's interesting because Charles Harris is another one of those Miami Dolphins first-round picks that just has not worked out. Like what? Yeah, no, he isn't. Oh my lord, that franchise! I tell you, drafting in the first round just never works out for them. It seems like they're, you know, I. I just got another call. Tyler, Tyler? <laughs> I got another call. I'm telling you, man. Tell the chick it'll say, "Yo, I'm busy." <laughs> she'll get it, and she'll leave see. This home. is what, this is why I like recording the pod on my laptop, and and you know these locker rooms are fun because they're live, but. I have to do it on my phone, so it just sucks. But um, because you know, usually I can just ignore these and I don't get cut off. But I'm yeah. getting cut off now. Yeah, that, that's yeah. It's, it's like the sixth time. <laughs> I know it's the but, same um, person. I'm telling you, tell her to stop calling, man. But um, <laughs> Charles Harris, what were you saying about Charles Harris before he got cut off? Do you remember? Oh, basically just saying, you know, this is an audition, and it kind of fits the mold exactly what Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes are looking for. Sweet. Let's do it. Is there anybody else that we signed? Uh, I'm trying to look right now. I'm going to look very quickly. We lost a lot of guys. Obviously, we brought back, you know, the greatest line of all time, if you know what I'm talking about. And Don, the Don? The Don Mulbach. The Don. The Don. And before we end our episode, because we, we spent about Kenny Galladay, but we did lose some other guys as well. Not as, as significant as Kenny Galladay, obviously, but we lost Miles Killebrew, lost Ode Ibushi. Any quick thoughts on, you know, losing both those guys? That sucks. Oday, Oday was my guy. You know, we had him on the podcast. Episode um, 20. We, how do you remember that shit? Oh, yeah. I don't know. We always oh, sent Randy Bullock as it well. Was really, it was really episode 20 when we did um, Oday Abushi? Uh, I'll check for you really quickly, but... Was, he, was it really? Talk, I'm pretty sure it's 20 or 21. We did him before Slay? Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. And we're like a 175 now, so that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Episodes we did. Um, Yeah, so we, we even talked to Oday... And he's a really cool guy. I mean, I was hoping that he would work out, whether it's a backup role or whatever. But he found a team. He's still he's still employed. He's still making his money, man. So good, you know. Kudos to him. And Miles Kilbrew, this I think I don't I don't know how much it's gonna hurt our special teams, but this guy was very good on our special teams. And I think he's a, he's a guy that reminds me just like a Jalen Reeves Maven that just doesn't get an opportunity to play regular season games. And I was hoping that with the new staff, they will let him play, whether it's linebacker or safety, whatever. Because every time he played in the preseason, he kept balled out. But it was like he gets no no he gets no playing time during the season. So I mean, kudos to him. You know, he's on the team, just like what's it called? It's like old day, and he's making his money. And, and you know, good luck to those guys, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think O'Day. I think honestly, like you said, like. You know, you hope it worked out, but I think they got everything they wanted out of him. I think he did everything they needed him to do, honestly. Like, he he was a backup offensive guard for them. He stepped in some games and started for them. And, you know, he was never, like, you know, terrible in the, I think, the opportunities they got. I don't think he ever really thrived, but, like, you know, he was, like, whatever. I mean, he lived up to the contract. Yeah, he was good. He was okay. So, I mean, I think he was, like, a nice, you know, guy that was here for two years. So, I I didn't really mind O'Day Bush. And then Miles Killebrew, yeah. Well, a special teams guy that, you know, he's going to the Steelers now. So we'll see the opportunity, you know, he gets in, you know, pay. I think he'll probably still have that same role that, you know, he had in Detroit probably just because of how good that defense is and just probably be, you know, just be a pure special teams guy. So, I mean, you know, not guys that you're necessarily going to like, you know, be pissed that they lost out on, but are guys that, you know, maybe you want to see it around for another year or two. But I think it just opens up more competition for guys that you probably just didn't see much of a long-term future for. So I think that's fine. Um, and then, yes, it was Ode Bushi episode 20. So I just looked that up. So, yes, episode wow. 20. Wow. And then, <laughs> that, that was one of our first interviews. Um, don't 
Don't judge us. Fourth interview. Fourth interview. Fourth interview. Don't judge yeah. us. Uh, we've, we've we've got we've grown and we've gotten better. <laughs> um, but yeah, the episode yeah. is there. If anybody want to tune in to one of our older episodes, for sure, it's only like a twenty minute episode. It's very quick, but it was, yeah. a, it was a cool episode. Yeah. Middle Eastern fellow, Middle Eastern like myself, so it was cool yeah. talking to him. It was cool him, you know, being in Motown for two years, just you know, coming back home because his a lot of his family is actually from Dearborn, Michigan, which is only you know, a half mile, a mile down from the facility. So that I I think that's super dope for him that he actually got to play for his, you know, his hometown. I don't know, I don't think he was born here, but you know, having a lot of family here, you know, it's, it's almost if you're Middle Eastern, Michigan is your hometown. Metro Detroit is your hometown. Like no matter what, if you're Middle Eastern, <laughs> even if you're not from here, if you've never been here, it's your hometown. <laughs> that's what's uh, up. But really quick before we end this, uh we actually did miss a sign the Lions had the Lions went out and got a kicker, Randy Bullock from Cincinnati. And he you know, mm. put two cents on that. Um, wait, hold on. Yes, please go back. Please. <laughs> Just go back. I'm almost done. No, you don't have to knock. Just, just open the door. And go <laughs> just open the door and go in. Yeah, you're good. Yes, that's what happens when you got kids, guys. Um, live, sh- live show, boys. Live show, kids interrupting, yeah. saying it's playtime. Eight, nine o'clock. <laughs> At nine o'clock, bro, came with balls and her iPad. She said she's ready. So not today. <laughs> not today. Daddy's still, daddy's still working. All right. So you, you asked me about a kicker. What was the kicker name? Randy Bullock. Randy Bullock. Randy Bullock. What are you, I'm trying to think. Where are you from Cincinnati. From? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Little boy. Mac Jones' body. Oh. Okay. I'm interested. I mean, I'm interested to see how he does. Do we have another kicker that's in that was in our practice squad, right? Yeah, Matt Wright, former Steeler. Yeah. He actually he actually got a couple opportunities last year because of Chris Boswell being hurt. So, okay. you know, I mean, nothing too deep. They didn't really have you know much of a showcase, but I think it was so, perfect. So this is the this is the this is it. This is our kicking competition. It'll be those two guys. Yeah, seems like it. Uh, you know, a guy that hasn't really got much opportunity. And then obviously a true veteran like Randy Bullock. That's the, that's the kicking competition this year. This is your Aaron Simpas, Jack Jack Fox, Jack Fox competition this year. Because uh, last year we had the punting competition, and this year we got the kicking, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm hoping it works out because just like I told you before, man, we don't want to go through a, a a a hard patch of just not having a kicker. No, it's tough. It's difficult to oh, win games. Lord, oh, no. I mean, when you're not confident in your kicker, I mean, it's it's one of the most underrated positions in all football is having a good kicker on your team. So, you know, this is something the Lions are going to have to figure out. And they're going to have to figure out fast. Yeah, definitely got to figure out fast. So, um, is, is there anything else or do we got people that anybody want to come on or jump on or? We got no speaker requests and it looks like that's it. All right. Uh, okay. Enjoy a little countdown. Make sure everybody, three, anybody, two. All right. Last call. Uh, one. No. Everyone's, okay. everyone's enjoying March Madness. Ohio's about to pull an upset. Oh, we got a speaker right now, actually. Oh, oh there we go. Last minute <laughs> on the clutch. Jonathan. What's up, hey, guys? Hey. How you doing, man? Good, good. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Doing good, man. Good. Just sitting back. I was wanting to get in involved with the conversation around the defensive line. Yeah. I I spent a lot of time last couple of years trying to understand Patricia's defense, you know, to no oh. avail, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, as we all tr- tried to do. Yeah. Now, a lot of people. A lot of people were were really pining for that defensive end and running that four or three that we're all used to from the years past. What do you guys see um, us doing here moving forward? We still got a couple of those small um, outside linebacker, defense end, defensive end type guys there like uh, Julian Oguara and uh, Austin Bryant, I believe. What do you see us doing with those guys and, and, and running here moving forward? Oh man, this is a big question mark. I, Tyler, do you do you have any idea what they're planning on running this year? Because I know everybody's saying, yeah. Well, every time I ask somebody, they say it's a mixture between the St. Louis, the, the the Rams defense and the, and the Saints. So that's like saying, yeah, it's a mixture between a three four and a four three. Like, all right, what the fuck are we running? Like, what <laughs> what is it? <laughs> like, are we running a three four? Or are we running a four three? What? How are you gonna say that? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna run a mixture between a three four and a four three. Like, so like the front looks is is supposed to be like the Rams look. So I think those guys still have a lot of value. Guys like Aquar and Austin Bryant because 
if you guys remember the Rams defense, they had Leonard Floyd this year, and he thrived in that situation, in that, in that, you know, that system. So I think you know those outside linebackers who are a little smaller, like you said, those little smaller pass rushers, I still think they have a big role with this defense going forward, what Aaron Glenn wants to do. But like you said, it's still a huge question mark at the end of the day because Aaron Glenn oh never – Oh, my Sorry. You oh, you're fine. <laughs> I scared my daughter. <laughs> no problem. But... I want the show. That's what I'm talking about. We need more people to scare the kids. We need more people to scare the kids live on the show. That's what we need. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Aaron, Aaron Glenn has never been a play caller at the end of the day, so it's going to be interesting to see what he ends up running. And it seems like it's going to be a mixture of the Rams and Saints, but from the mainly, you know, the Rams look. So I think those guys still have a lot of value at the end of the day. Yeah, the reason why we're a lot of confused, we're, we're pretty much confused, is because our defensive coordinator now, Aaron Glenn, he played when he played in in, in the league. He has a lot of experience playing in the three four. But when he was with the with the Saints, they ran four three. So then now it's like everybody's like we don't they don't they don't know. So I, I I personally don't know if they run the same exact scheme as the Rams. We'll see. I I don't know. Uh, I I'm just waiting to see. Once I once I see it on tape, then I can say okay, yeah, this is what we're running. Yes. As of right now, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you, thank you guys for taking the question. Appreciate no that. No yep. problem. Have a good one, Jonathan. Thank you. You guys too. All right. I think with that being said, I think that is a wrap. I think that is a wrap to this. Okay. Thank you guys for all joining us. A lot of fun, Malcolm. All right. Well, with that being said, guys, we're out, guys. Peace. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.